Okay, we are learning Daf Ayin Zayin. And uh, we're continuing our discussion from yesterday. Our discussion from yesterday is that we know the Torah gives a husband or father 24 hours, uh, according to one opinion, to be made for the nether. And according to the other opinion, it's not 24 hours, it's the day of. And we brought out yesterday that there's a difference between the two opinions. The day of is not unnecessarily a 24-hour time frame. Let's say the Mishnah was speaking about Shabbos. So let's say she made a nether Shal Shodas time, you know, right before the end of Shabbos. So if you hold, you can only be made for the nether on that day itself. You might only have a half an hour to be made for the nether. Um, afterwards, it's going to be too late. Whereas if you hold, it's always a 24-hour time frame. So then you go, whatever time it is on the clock. If it's 6 o'clock p.m., then the next 6 o'clock p.m. will be the, the end of the time frame. And again, the idea, the concept of what we're looking at, whether it's 24 hours or the day of, is that if a person... It doesn't do anything in that time frame. We could assume that it's an implicit approval of the nether because why don't you get rid of it at that point? It's an imp- implicit approval. And if it implies that you approved it, so then it's like a hakama where you can't go back and be made for it later. So now to not awesome, we learned in a Mishnah. This Mishnah appears in Mesecha Shabbos. The Mishnah says, Mefirin nedarim b'Shabbos. You can revoke a vow on Shabbos. It's not usher to do it, despite the fact that it is Shabbos. We'll see what exactly about the laws of Shabbos may have thought. We may think that would get in the way. We'll get there. But the Mishnah tells us, you're allowed to make hafara even though it is Shabbos. V'nishalom l'nedarim, shehein l'tzaro Shabbos. Could you a person do hater nedarim? Could a person be mater and nether? And again, what's the difference between being mefer and nether and being mater and nether? What's the difference in the terminology? Mefer and nether is the right of a father or a husband to annul. He's not being mater, he's annulling. Annulling is saying, the Torah left it to my approval, I don't approve, and therefore it's a revoking of the nether. Heter, the nishalin, is where a person <coughs> goes over to either a rabbi or to a bastin, <coughs> and, he, and he says, you know, I made some sort of mistake in my das, or I have some sense of regret in my mind for doing what I did, and I want to remove it. So that's a heter nedarim. So there are two separate things. The Mishnah says, you can be made for nedarim on Shabbos, kama, and you can be mater nedar, meaning you could do it through the basin when it's for the needs of the Shabbos. Imagine, let's say somebody said they're going to abstain from a particular type of drink. And that drink is something which they'd like to drink, L'Tzorach Onag Shabbos. So they can go to the basin and they can have the nedar annulled because that would be Tzorach Shabbos. But imagine the person had a nedar that they're not going to enjoy from their golf clubs. And anyways, they're not going golfing on Shabbos. So then that would be uh, not Tzorah Shabbos. Like that would be, that's what the Mishnah is saying. You're allowed to be Mazar Nadir for things that are Tzorah Shabbos, but not for things that aren't the Tzorah of Shabbos. So the Gemara wants to know how we read the first line in that Mishnah. What about the revoking? What about being mefer? What about when it's a father or a husband annulling the vow? Could that be done on Shabbos only when it's necessary for Shabbos? Or perhaps that could be done even when it's not necessary for Shabbos. So if you really want to know what we're asking, it's a question of proper reading of the Mishnah. The Mishnah says you're made for an Adarim on Shabbos, statement. And then the Mishnah says, statement two, you could be mater nether, go to the court when it's Litzorach Shabbos. So we want to know is the qualification of Shehein Litzorach Shabbos going back on both points, both Hatara and Hafara, or perhaps it's only going back on Hatara, but Hafara can be done even if it's not Litzorach Shabbos. So it's basically a question of understanding and reading simply. But, if it is clear that you can only be mater nadir, that's the Tzorah Shabbos, why would a person say that hafara could be any better? Meaning to say, if we know that you can only go to the basin and get your nether removed for a nether, which is the Tzorah Shabbos, so then why, and what would hafara be better about it? Well, you know, like, why would hafara be a little bit better? So one svar here, and this is important, is that 
what's, what's really the issue here? Why is Shabbos in the way of any of this? Like, what's the reluctance? What's the issue? What's the hesitancy? So the idea is, is that if you're gathering a court together and you're like making up sock, so that's like something which, which, which resembles an, um, an, an act of din. And the courts are not meant to adjudicate on Shabbos. There's different reasons. Most of them are Durabanan, why the court are not meant to get together and paskin and rule on Shabbos. They have to do with writing. They have to do with what's um, looked at as, as making something formal. But every, whatever the idea is, the, the courts are closed on Shabbos. So if the courts are closed on Shabbos, so being mater and eder is kind of against that spirit of the law. So it's not a regular thing because it's, you know, it's more like a casual court case. It's not one with big deliberations. It's not one with a big deal. Your mater and eder takes a minute. You know, it's not like a huge, a huge occurrence. So we're, we're lenient only if it's a sorrow Shabbos. But you could hear that when you're being made for the nether, you're not even really going to the court. It's just a dad or a, or, or, or a husband at home who's just saying, I disapprove of the nether. So it doesn't even resemble anything like a court case at all on Shabbos. So therefore, maybe we'll be more lenient and we'll say, even if it's not Litzorach of Shabbos, we'll be more lenient. The other possibility, and this is another, another variable, is that you know, there's always this word, which we don't know exactly how to define when it's there and when it's not, but there's always a thing of tercha. Tercha is that a person doesn't exert effort you know, uh, meaning, in a meaningless way on Shabbos. You know, we have to know how to define that. What's tercha? What's effort? I mean, it's effort to walk, right? So what's, what, what defines effort? So it's hard to define. It's very hard to wrap on when exactly we, we use that card and say tercha. It's usually on something which looks like a weekday-like activity or something which is not within the spirit of the day. So that might be a variable within this as well, that there might be some sort of tircha involved in being made for a mater and eder, and that might be why we're reluctant as well. But either way, whether it's because of the psak din or because of the tircha, we know you're only mater and eder for things that are Torah Shabbos. The Gemara wants to know, what about hafar as nadarim, when it's being annulled, revoked by a father or a husband, can that be done even if it's not Torah Shabbos? So the Gemara says, Tashma, let's bring a proof. Only when it's necessary for Shabbos. So the price is beferish. Even though it's afara, it's much more casual, there's no court. It's only mutter if it's for a Shabbos need. The mission that we learned yesterday, you can see that that's not the truth. Because what did the mission say? The mission was talking about how you're made for, how you're made for a nether only on the day that it's made. And what was the example that the Mishnah gave? It's Shabbos day, right before nightfall. It's Shalashudah's time. He's able to remove the nether before it becomes dark. Why? Because once it becomes dark, the town of our Mishnah held, it's too late to be made for. You can only be made for on the day when it's made. Now, if you tell me that even hafara can only be not when it can only be done when it's necessary for the Shabbos needs, my area Why does the Mishnah specify that you can't do it after it becomes dark? You shouldn't be able to be made for even during the day. It's not for the needs of Shabbos. What does the Gemara mean that it's not for the needs of Shabbos? If I make a neder with five minutes left to go on Shabbos, there's no way that my neder can be annulled. Of Shabbos. What does the Gemara mean? The Gemara means that it's just impractical that I'm going to be able to utilize it on Shabbos. Let's say I said, I'm not going to have this drink. And it's a minute to go before Shabbos is over. No one can say it's Letzorah Shabbos to be made for the Nether. Wait a minute. Just wait a minute. You can't claim it's Letzorah Shabbos. So if the illustration that the Mishnah gave is that if someone made a Nether right before the end of Shabbos, you, you can be made for very quickly now before the end of the day. Because if you're not going to be made for now, you won't be able to be made for later because it won't be the Yom Shamo. So then the question is, so, 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 so clearly we see you could be mater neder, you could be made for neder rather, even when it's not Letzorah Shabbos. So 
So it's an interesting thing. Maybe you could say the Mishnah was close to the end of the day. It wasn't precisely the end of the day. It was a half an hour before and there was still... The Gemara doesn't buy that. The Gemara was looking at the example and the illustration of the Mishnah was right before the end of the day and the Mishnah was still allowing you. That was the point. The Mishnah was saying, go jump in and do your hafara right away. Uh, so clearly the Mishnah, we, we're, Rav Ashi is saying, we see that you don't need to, 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 for it to be litzorech of Shabbos to be made for the nether. So the Gemara actually accepts that proof. And the Gemara says, you're right. From the Mishnah, you see you could, you, that you could be made for nether, even Shalot Litzar of Shabbos. Ah, we had a Brisa that said right before that, you, that you're made for nether, um, that only Litzar of Shabbos. Which one is it? So the Gemara answers Tanahi. We have to say that it's a dis- dispute between the Tanah. Now, which Tanah? So the Gemara, and this, is, this pulls out another variable. If you hold that you could be made for the nether the whole day, that's one, the whole day, but not, more than, but not necessarily more, even if it's within 24 hours. Another opinion said you can be made for nether for 24 hours. One opinion said, you have 24 hours. So therefore, why, why do we care about that? Says the Gemara like this, if you hold, you can only be made for until nightfall, but not after that, even within 24 hours. But if it's past the sundown, then it's no good. Then you can be made for even when it's not the needs of Shabbos. Why? Because you can't push it off. If she was made for, if she makes a nether, rather, let's say in the middle of the day, 2.30 p.m. If you're going to say that you can't be made for today, what's going to happen? You're not going to be able to be made forever. Why? Because it's going to be past the, the time frame you're able to. If you say that, that you have 24 hours, though, then I could say you can only be made for the Torah Shabbos, but not Shalol Torah Shabbos. The point that the Gemara is making is a very simple point. We got to leave you with an option. We got to leave you with an option. So if we're going to say that the din is you can't be made for a nether when it's Shalol Torah Shabbos, if she made a nether about the golf clubs, then you can't be made for that nether, then when's the husband going to be made for it? She made it at 2.30 p.m. on Shabbos, and you're saying you can't be made for it on Shabbos. And the second that Shabbos is over, it's too late to be made for it. So then you're going to be stuck. She's never going to be able to be made for it. That's not practical. That's not fair. So the Rabbanan aren't going to leave that scenario where the husband or father can never be made for it. So if the halach is that you have 24 hours to be made for, even past the, when the end of the day is, you have 24 hours, then that's a non-issue. You'll be made for the, the, the nether with the golf club, the solos, or Shabbos, on Mount Shabbos, after Shabbos is over. But if you hold, you can never be made for the nether after the, 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 that day ends, even if it's within 24 hours, then we have to allow you to be made for nedarim, shalom, litzor, Shabbos, on Shabbos, because if not, you're never going to be able to be made for it. That's what it seems like here in the Gemara. So let's go over just very quickly what we've come out. We've come out as follows. The idea we know is that being matter and nether, going to the court and annulling and getting it removed in a regular way, you know, I wouldn't have done it, I died to the hachi. You could do that on Shabbos, but only if it's for the needs of Shabbos. If it's not for the needs of Shabbos, you're not allowed to do that. That's a basic mission on Shabbos, you're not allowed to. What about how far us in the Dharam, when the father or husband wants to revoke the nether? You could you do that on Shabbos, even if it's not for Tzorah Shabbos. Maybe we're more lenient. You know, it's not something necessarily like a court. It's a little bit more casual. So we say at the end of the day, it depends. If you hold, you have 24 hours to do it. We don't allow you to do it on Shabbos unless it's Tzorah Shabbos. But if you have only the day that you hear about it to be made for, but not, no longer, then we have to allow you to be made for on Shabbos. Otherwise, it's not going to work. All right, that's the Dibri HaGemar. Now, I'll just share with you a big kasha. What's the shot that you're not allowed to be made for after the day that you hear about it? What's the idea? What's behind it? What's behind it is that if you're silent for so long, why were you so silent? Why were you silent? Must be you approved it, and it's as if you confirm the nether, and once you confirm a nether, you can't go back on it. Right? That's what's behind it. So the there's a very big kasha here. 
if you, maybe really the Rabbanon don't let you be made for the nether, and it's the Rabbanon who are holding you up because it's not in the spirit of Shabbos. I, what's the time now? Then when are you going to be made for the nether with the golf clubs? You can't do it on Shabbos, and after Shabbos it's going to be too late. L'chayr, if the rabbis won't let me do it, then it's not implicit that I'm confirming the nether by being silent. You know why I was silent about the nether with the golf clubs? Because I couldn't be made for the nether. What should I do? I should say I'm going to be, there's nothing I can do. It's only a shtika. What's this idea of shtika? It's shtika from making a hafara. But if I can't make a hafara because the Rabbana won't let me, so then that shmiah doesn't prove anything. So then l'chayra, the yom shmiah won't be on Shabbos, it will only be after Shabbos, and I'll be able to be made for then. So it's a cash 22. The whole point of the Gemara is we have to allow you to be made for Nadarim that aren't Lutzar Shabbos on Shabbos according to the opinion that Shmiyah is Biyom Shomo and not 24 hours. Because if not, then it's going to be too late after Shabbos. Why would it be too late? Because I was silent on Shabbos and now it's after the day that I heard it. That's not a hearing because hearing is only hearing which allows me to be made for. If I can't be made for, then what am I being silent to? It's a big kasha. Tremendous kasha. That's not what the Gemara comes out. So the Gemara comes out that if you hold that it's only beyond Shoma, only within that day, not for 24 hours, then you're allowed to be made for Nidarim, even if they're not Lazar Shabbos. All right, now we continue. What was the second point that the Mishnah and Shabbos said? In Shalom Damshay and Lazar Shabbos, you can go to the court and get your Nidar removed for things that are for the needs of the Shabbos. So the Gemara wants to know as follows. Clearly what's going on is, we don't want you to do it, but if you're, it's in a tough situation, it's something for the needs of Shabbos, we'll allow it. So, is the permit in the Mishnah only if you didn't have a chance to do it before Shabbos? Meaning the court was already closed when the time you showed up Friday afternoon. So we feel really bad for you, so we let you do it on Shabbos. Maybe not. Even if you, there, there was an opportunity to do it before Shabbos, and you were just lazy, and you didn't go, we're still Lamai Selenian to allow you to do it on Shabbos. So the Gavar says, Tashmad, let's look. The Rabbanon made themselves busy on Shabbos to be matter the nether for the son of Rabbi Zutra, the son of Rabbi to annul the vow. For to be matter his nether, even though he very well could have done it on Friday. So we see that the Rabbanon are mekel. As long as it's the tzorech of Shabbos, it's about, let's say, a particular drink that he'd like to drink on Shabbos, so we will be lenient. Says the Gemara, suffer of Yosef Lemeimar. Now we continue further. Rav Yosef thought to say, Nishalom Nadar and Bashabas, Biyachin Mumcha in, Bishloshad Yotoslo. So let's just be, take a step back. There's two ways to be Matar Nadar. Either by using a single expert, be use one rabbi, or you get three regular people. That's the idea. We'll learn about this tomorrow. But that's the law. It's either one rabbi or three regular people. So maybe if you're being matter and neder on Shabbos, you have to use a single rabbi is mutter, but to use three members of like a court is not mutter. Why? That looks much worse. That looks like a court case. Remember, that's the reluctance here, that the court is not meant to operate. So you could say that one rabbi giving you a psaq doesn't look like it's a court case. But if you have three people sitting down, so that looks like more like a court case. Since we hold that when you use a court of Bastin, there's a lot more leniencies for a Hatar Nadarim than other court cases. Number one is they could be standing. Normally, what's the halacha? Judges have to be sitting. That's a halacha, a general halacha by court. But by Hatar Nadarim, they don't have to be sitting. They could be standing. I feel the Second of all, they could be relatives. This is an amazing halacha for Erev Rosh Hashanah. Obviously, Erev Rosh Hashanah, people are looking for their little, you know, courts to be matar, to be far as Nadarim, far as Nadarim. You could use relatives. Fascinating halacha. Normally, you'd say you can't use relatives in a court scenario, but not by Ataras and Dharma. Ataras and Dharma can be done with relatives. I feel about, we'll learn about this coming up. I feel about Lila could even be done at night. Normally, a court case is only during the day. So, since there's all these differences between Ataras and Dharma and a regular court case, Lomaskasa Kadina doesn't look like a court case, and therefore it could be done on Shabbos even with three people. Says the Gemara further. 
Halacha is that you could be mater nedarim. I'm sorry, you can be made for nedarim even at night. It doesn't require daytime. Says the Gemara Hamas That's not a chiddush. It was in the Mishnah. What did our Mishnah say? Nadra belele Shabbos when the when the when the wife or the daughter took a nether on Friday night. So the Mishnah was saying you have until the end of Shabbos to be made for the nether. So that's not a novelty. It's in the Mishnah. So the Mishnah says halachan is sholin belayla. We meant to say you could be mater nether. Go to the court again. Got to get the terminology. How far is the father? Or the husband, mater neder is when you go to the court. The chiddush is even going to the court so that you can be mater neder even at night, even though typically the courts are only open during the day. Again, atars and darms is a little bit more casual. Says the Gemara, Amar Yaakov, the Rav Huna, Amar Rav Achi. Did Rav really say this? Like he was, he was surprised. He was trying to figure out: Did he actually say this explicitly, or did you just figure it out from something that he said? So Amalei Ishtik. So he was silent, meaning it's not shot. Rav said it. Rav Huna saying I said it. And Rav was silent when I said it in front of him. So it's like, you know, a shtika. Pretty ironic. Just like we're learning about when someone makes a nether and you're quiet, it's an implicit confirmation. That's what Rav Huna, Rav Huna said the halacha. Rav was quiet. So it's implicit that he agreed. Amalei Rav said, what are you trying to tell me? This is a little bit of a, like a pun, like a play on words here in Aramaic. Are you saying he was silent? In other words, what we're trying to say is you understood silence as being agreement. And you know what? Some, you know what? It could be you're totally off because silence sometimes is disagreement and it's ignoring you. That could be. Oh, comment. Or maybe actually it's true that 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 his silence was correct. And what you mean when you say silence is shisi. Shisi is a, is like to drink, like lishtot, to drink, like drink what I'm giving you. Like you're saying the silence is like he's accepting the drink. Like you give somebody a drink and you put it in front of him, he's he's chill. It means he's going to use it. He wants he's accepting it. So he was silent to your. To your, to your words means he was agreeing. So he's like trying to like figure out, like did Rav really agree with you? Again, how, the irony of the Gemara is just so high that in the sugi of Shika B'yom Shamo, we're having a discussion, Rav Huna said, you could be matan adar and balayla in front of Rav. Rav was silent and the Gemara has a suffix. What Rav's silence mean? What did it mean? Did it mean he was ignoring the statement because he disagreed with it? Or did it mean he was agreeing with the statement? So the Gemara resolves, Amar Ravika Bar Avin, Again, we're trying to figure out what Rav's opinion is on the matter, if you can be Matan and Dharman, right? Exactly, Rav the Rabba. Actually, once happened that Rav himself would annul a vow for Rabba, and it was top of the Amid Beis, but de Rav in a little chamber in the yeshiva. It was Omid, he was standing. Yechidi, he was alone. Ubalayla, it was at night. Meaning he didn't need a court, he didn't need to sit, he just did it super casual, he was took away the nether. So evidently, Rav's personal view is that you can be mater the nether at night. And so his silence in the previous story is a raya that he was agreeing to the same. All right, here we go. The Gemara continues. You could remove the, 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 the vow. It could be, a person could be standing. It could be done even by just one expert. It could be done at night. It could be done on Shabbos. It could be done from relatives. And we throw in that extra variable that it's true. Even if you had time on Friday to do it and you were just lazy, still we will allow you to do it on Shabbos if it is the Tzorech of Shabbos. Says the Gemara, now we get onto a little bit of a tangent. Omid, is it really true that a Chacham is allowed to be Matar and Neder while he's standing? But it says in a price, Rabbi Gamliel got down from the donkey, meaning this is a whole story where, where Rabbi Gamliel was, it's quoted in Erevin, Rabbi Gamliel was riding in a store, was riding on his donkey, he's going, and someone comes over and he says, Rabbi, can you be Matar my Neder? So Rabbi Gamliel was riding, he was traveling somewhere. Rabbi Gamliel stopped the donkey, gets off, and then he went, sat down, and he was, uh, he was Matar the Neder. 
So we see clearly that you can't do it when you're standing. He got off the donkey in his sati. If he wrapped himself up in his cloak, you know, it was like the cloak is a little, it's an interesting thing where, where, where wrapping yourself in a tal has come from to, to judge a case. I mean, we're familiar with that, like Shliatibu or whatnot. But why, why do you have to do that to be Matar and Eden? So the Rishonim say an interesting thing, that it's just an interesting concept, that the highest, the, not the, I don't know necessarily the highest, but a great thing that a human being can do in life is judge. Judgment is considered a very high, lofty thing because it's the mirroring of HaKadosh Baruch. HaKadosh Baruch who is the, you know, the Don, the Shefei Yechidi, the one who is the really judgment. And when a human being comes along and judges another human being, it's, it's, it's godlike in a certain way, what he's, what he's trying to achieve. And that's why it's so important to be honest, to be objective, you know, to be the right person, the right character. A shofit is a very, very high activity. And the Gemara says that when a person judges correctly, like God joins the person in the judgment. Like it's an extremely lofty thing to judge. So that, the idea is that he was trying to, to connect to that. So he wraps himself up in a talus, the, the Shekhinah is present, and as, uh, he wants to be mounted the Nadir. So anyways, it says, so he's sitting. So what's, what's going on? Clearly we see that to, annul, <coughs> to remove a vow, the judge has to be sitting. So what's going on? So the Gemara explains that it depends on something which we learned back on Davchof Aleph in Meseches Nadar. Just let's review, just for a little bit to make sure we're good. There, when you come in front of a rabbi or a basin to be Mater Nadar, there's two things you can say that can achieve a hetar. One is Charata. Charata is, I regret saying it. What is I regret saying it? I regret saying it is pretty simple. It's basically like saying, I did it with weak mind. I did it with anger. I did it with impulse. I, I can't explain more detail except for the fact that my das then what just wasn't, I wasn't at my best mindset when I did it. That's weak. Some rabbis hold that's sufficient. Other rabbis hold that's insufficient. Some rabbis held that in order to be mater neder, you have to give a Pesach. A Pesach is an opening. An opening means that I have a variable that had I thought this point through better, I never would have done that. So the classic one would be, I didn't realize how difficult it was going to be to keep this. The guy says, you know, I'm uh, making a nether against my golf clubs. If I'd realized, you know, how popular the sport would become and how people would ridicule me and make fun of me if I wasn't playing golf, so then I never would have taken the nether. Let's say just something like that. So he's not saying, I'm ups- I astound that he regrets it. He's not I'm saying, you know, I did it, did it quickly. He's saying more. He's giving us an opening. He's explaining that he, had he thought a certain variable through, he never would have done it. So in a certain way, it's a mistake. So if it's a mistake, then it's stronger. It's more grounds to be matter than other. So like this, the Gemara explains like this. Charata, regret, is not good enough. You need more. You need to have to be ochre. You got to uproot it. You need a Pesach. If so, if the rabbi is dealing with a, with a Pesach, he has to concentrate. Because some Pesachim are good, some Pesachim are not good. You have to be honest about them. So therefore, he gets off the donkey and he sits down. Because to concentrate, you have to be sitting. Whereas Rav Nachman, who said that you could even be standing, he holds Poschen Bacharata. You could even use a regular, ordinary sense of regret. Therefore, there's nothing to concentrate on. You just hear that the guy has regret. What's the big deal? He regrets it. He regrets it. It's not, it's, it's open closed. There's, not, there's nothing much, much that you really have to think about. So if you don't have to be thinking about it so much, then as a judge, you're allowed to be, even be standing. Says the Gemara, let's go fight. Did you see this new Rav who came from Eretz Yisrael and said over, what did he say over? Exactly, Rabbanon, the raised Rav number Av, and that the Rabbanon made themselves busy to get rid of a nether for the son of Rav Hunabar, and Mesharli Nidre, they were mad to the nether. For Amrulah, you know what they told him? 
when they were when they were matir as nether, they told him as follows: You should go and daven to Hakadosh Baruch Hu because for your sin, for your sin that you have put on your on your neshama. Why was it in a sin a sin to make a nether? This is, I believe, something we've seen four or five times. Anyone who vows even if you fulfill the vow, you're considered to be a sinner. My where do we see this? The pasuk says, if you stop from vowing, there will not be a sin. The implication is, but if you do not stop from vowing, there is a sin. So, I mean, the pasuk is is nudging the person, it's pushing you. Stop, stop, stop with the vows. The pasuk there in context is saying that when you make a vow, you better go fulfill it, don't delay it, so on and so forth. But the implication here is, is that the better thing to do, stay away from sin completely, would be not to take a nether. Now, again, I think we've discussed this. There are two approaches in the Rishonim why nidarim in general aren't great. One is that why test yourself? Like, why, 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 are, you, why are you testing yourself? We daven every single day. God, don't bring me to a test. So if there's an opportunity comes, opportunity comes, don't willingly bring yourself into a test. That's one approach. The other approach is that it, it, it's kind of brazen uh, towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It speaks to a person's ego and their arrogance in terms of their will of connection. HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us the Torah and Mitzvah. Those are a means of our connection. Why are, you, why are you adding your own personal kind of things? And in that way, the Gemara compared it to someone who's like trying to bring a carbon in his backyard instead of going to the base of Mikdash. Like, there's a, you channel the, the, the inspiration in, in the ways that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us. We don't, we're not looking for other ones. So different approaches and why it's not necessarily a good thing. All right. Now we get into a complete new sugya. Nice sugya here. Says the Martanya, says in the Bible, someone said to his wife, all in the darim that you make a vow, like whatever nether you said, it's not with my will. So he, he, it's, it's a little bit of a messed up language in the sense that he didn't say, I'm revoking it. He didn't say, it's gone. He said, it's against my will. Or he said, this is not a vow. So again, He's not saying that he's removing it. He just says this isn't a vow. Lo amar He hasn't said anything. Meaning, it's not effective. It's ineffective because when you're being made, when you're being made for an eder, you have to really say it. You got to say it. You can't say words which give us a loose idea, a vague thing that oh, he must have meant to say X, Y, and Z. You got to say it. That's the point of the gemara. Far as arm has to be said. However, in the inverse. When a person is confirming an eder, if he says, you've done well, there's no one as good as you. Meaning she makes an eder, and, and the husband says, there's no one like you. Or he said to her, had you not made that vow, I would have put that vow on you. So in those three cases, what is he saying? He's not explicitly confirming it, but he's giving us a vague expression that he wants to confirm it. So here, the words are effective, and it does confirm the vow. So we're learning a fascinating chilek. An implied, an implied hafara is not a hafara. An implied hakama is yes a hakama. How do you like that? What a chilek. To get rid of the nadir, you got to say it. If you don't say it, even if you just give a, if you just give us a vague expression that implies it, no good. But to be make a to confirm it, there, even with just an implied confirmation that goes, what's the chilek? So we're going to have to see this more coming up on the fine test. But there's a yisoydistika chilek. It might come from shtika. Remember, what's shtika? Shtika, the Torah says, is an idea that if you're silent, it's as if you're confirming it because you implied it. So from there, we're going to show that confirmation doesn't have to be explicit. Whereas removing another, that's the din. The din is you need real dvarim. Says the Gemara, 
Remember, we were discussing in the beginning how you remove a vow on Shabbos. So Tanya says in a bright you shouldn't say it in the regular way that you say it during the weekday. The regular way that you say it during the weekday is <coughs> those are the most like explicit words that you can possibly use, revoked or canceled. Like those, those are the, the strongest way. And the idea is you should look for a shino. You ever know this like on Shabbos, like if you're doing something that you need pressure to do and you need to do that, rabbi, the rabbis allowed you to do for, for pressure and need on Shabbos, but you still try to do it a little bit different out of respect for the Shabbos. So this is an interesting scenario. We allow you to be made for Nadarim on Shabbos. We came out, right? You could, but try to change the words, change the words a little bit. Instead of saying canceled, or, or removed, what do you say? You say to her, you take what's also to her, and you say, take it and eat it. Take it and drink it. And the vow is canceled on its own. I'll clarify it a little bit more. One second. But in your own heart, you say in your heart, it should be revoked. So we're saying like this. You do a, a you, 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 you group two things together. Generally, whatever you say in your heart is meaningless, right? You got to say it. But here, you're revoking it in your heart by saying it in your, explicitly to your heart. And then in action, you tell her, you take the forbidden item and you put it in front of her and you say, eat it or drink it. It's as if you said it. That's the idea. Now, what are you going to ask me? But we learned before that that's no good. What did we learn before? We learned before that you have to say it. What if a guy said, this is not a vow? Right? This guy makes a nether and he says, this is not a vow. What did we learn? That's not how far. Why? Because it's too vague. How far you got to say? So then how come this is any better? Zotaran, because it is better. There are levels here. You don't have to, it's not shot that it means you have to say with the most explicit of all terms, this nether is canceled or removed. You don't have to use the words canceled. You don't have to use the word, the word removed. You have to use words which are clearly expressing that the nether is canceled. So taking the prohibited item, putting it in front of her and saying, eat this or drink this while you're also thinking in your mind explicitly, this nether should be removed, is as if it was explicitly said. Whereas if I say the words, this is not a nether, it's not considered to be on the same level of language that it's as if I said, I said that I'm removing the nether. So it gets really subtle. It started out like a very simple rule. You better say it, don't imply it. But now we're saying within implication, there are levels. There are levels of things where from a context where I take something that's prohibited, I put it in front of her and I say, eat this, drink this. And in my mind, I'm thinking I want it to be hofar. So that light rises to the level that it's as if it was said. And again, though, this is only something that's meant to be done on Shabbos to deviate a little bit from the norm. The Gemara gets into it a little bit more. Tanya, Bishami, Omer, Bishabbos, Mabatabalibo. On Shabbos, you can cancel in your heart, meaning the way what we just said, where you take it, where you take it, you give it to her, and you say, eat it while you're thinking. But during the week, you better say it explicitly, meaning, Bishabbos says, this whole, that, that whole thing you only do on Shabbos, but during the week, say it more explicitly. Even during the weekday, that's good enough. If a person would use such a language, put it in front of her, and use a language, this is mutter to you, or um, I want you to drink this, whatever, that would be okay. Now we learn one more thing about the terminology. Remember, there's a nomen and there's hatara. So there's hafara and there's hatara, different language. So let's say you have a chacham who's being mater and neder. And he said, instead of saying I'm mater, he said, I'm made for it. I'm revoking your neder. Instead of saying I'm permitting your neder. Or the opposite. The chacham, who's the, the husband who's annulling the vow, said the language that the rabbi says. He says, I'm permitting it for you. Lo amar klum. It's no good. You have to be precise in your language. This is by, um, by the parsha of vows. It says, this is the word that Hashem has said. 
So we darshan, a chacham, matav, and a baal matar. When a chacham is doing it, he uses the lashon of hatara. A baal does not use that lashon. Sheyachal, you may have thought, a machacham should make for matar, a chacham who, who cannot revoke the vow, but he could annul the vow. So, so baal should make for the dinshu matar. Maybe a baal, a husband who's made for, maybe certainly he could be matar. Tamilomar, what does the Pasuk tell us? Tapadam and Aleph, Zahadavar. This means you have to do it the way that it's precise. Only a chacham announced, but a husband does not, uh, does not annul. So therefore, our point is, is that you have to be precise in the language that is appropriate for you. The rabbi is being matir, whereas the, 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 the husband is simply revoking the vow.